When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What up? This is Robert Ory. You might know me as Big Shot Bob, and I want you to check out my new podcast, The Big Shot Bob Pod. We'll always be talking hoops, football, sports, and I'm going to bring you some big guests like Lakers legend Shaquille O'Neal in our premiere episode. I know I didn't come in to train and count the best of shape, but... Well, well you I'm, did one time. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, 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 well. Subscribe now to The Big Shot Bob Pod on the Podcast One app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, and by The Barrel Club in Oak Lawn. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in, friends, to a special emergency edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naboe from NBC5 Chicago. With me, as always, is Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score and the Lockdown Blackhawks Podcast. We are coming to you today with some crazy breaking news as two Blackhawks defensemen will be out the remainder of the season, including Brent Seabrook, who is set to have not one, not two, but three surgeries, and Calvin DeHaan will also be having surgery and is also out the remainder of the season. Jay, I'm going to give you the floor first, man. What do we make of this crazy news day? Well, I think the big part here is Brent Seabrook. You know, I think Calvin DeHaan, his shoulder has been an issue uh, that was it was entering the season. We weren't sure if he'd be ready for opening day and took a big hit and is out again for the rest of the year, so that will be repaired. And I don't, I don't want that to be overlooked because – another major surgery to the same shoulder is not good and it's something that's going to affect Calvin DeHaan for the rest of his career and he's got a couple years left in that four and a half million dollar deal but Brent Seabrook you said it three surgeries he'll have surgery on his right shoulder on 
what day is today? Thursday. That'll happen on Friday. Then in January, he'll have surgery on his right hip and have surgery on his left hip in February. Brent Seabrook is about to go through a hell of a lot medically. And I know there's been some people sort of celebrating this thing and, oh, good, finally Brent Seabrook's gone. If you're feeling that way, like reevaluate, you know, where your head's at, where you're coming from, because like we talked about on many recent podcasts and, and look, acknowledging that Brent Seabrook's game has fallen off a long way since the Stanley Cup, since his heyday, since his prime, it's still a guy who, because of everything he's given to this organization on the ice is about to go through physically what he's about to go through. And it's something I wouldn't wish on anyone. One hip surgery is brutal. It is very, very difficult to get through, to work through, to live with, let alone two, let alone with a shoulder surgery on top of it. So um, this sucks, and it's kind of hard to predict what it means for the future of this team, but for Brent Seabrook short-term, it's going to be a really hard time. So uh, I think I speak for most of our podcast listeners when I say we're thinking about Brent Seabrook for sure. Um, Now, what does it mean for the team? They've got some cap space for this year if they want to use it. James, I'll let you have the floor on this topic, but I think that trying to add some players to this team at this point, it's it doesn't make a lot of sense. Why why trade prospects to try to get into the playoffs when you're just not when you're just going to get knocked out in the first round? It, it makes no sense to do anything with the with this injury situation aside from use it for development. Well, I mean that was what I was going to mention when you said that some people might be celebrating the. Uh, the departure of Brent Seabrook for at least the rest of this season based on the fact that the Blackhawks now will have cap space to work with and blah, blah, blah. In the short term, there is zero to celebrate. You're losing a veteran leader. You're losing at least a competent defenseman. Yeah, you're going to get almost $7 million in cap space just from having him be placed on long-term injured reserve. But the fact is, like you said, Jay, are they really going to be willing to part with long-term assets for a short-term boost to their defense and I think the answer to that is almost certainly no you're not one defenseman away from competing for you know a playoff spot and potentially a Stanley Cup that's just not where you're at right now there so there's nothing to celebrate in the short term because you're losing two good defensemen and there's no way you're going to lose use that cap space to go out there and try to get somebody else. And in the long term, you're not really gaining anything either, because as we saw with the Marion Hosa deal, unless Brent Seabrook retires, that cap space stays on your book during the offseason. You don't really get to use it. The reason that they traded Marion Hosa to the Coyotes was so that that uh, five point three million or whatever uh, cap number it was wouldn't hamstring them during off seasons, and you saw they had to give up assets to get rid of that. So, bo- both in the short term and the long term, this is not something that you necessarily want to celebrate. And I am in complete agreement with you. This team is not one or two pieces away from competing for a title, and so I don't really think there's a whole big reason to use that sudden uh, infusion of cap space for anything. I I think they still need to be sellers at the deadline. I don't think you let cap space dictate that. And if nothing else, and I'm going to kind of use this to springboard probably into a larger discussion, isn't this kind of an impetus to say, hey, it's time to rebuild this thing and to kind of get it torn down? Yes. And if there was anyone, and, and I don't know, it feels like most people are ready for rebuild anyway. But if the Hawks were looking for an excuse to sort of sell it to the masses and say, look, you know, we've got two of our most dependable defensemen out for the year. 
you know, they're getting a year older, blah, blah, blah. Fine. Maybe now you finally have the ammo to spin a legit rebuild, but we're still in the same spot. Which contracts are movable? Do you want to move Kane and Taves and Keith? I think you could if you wanted to. I just, I'm not going to believe that they're willing to do that until I see it. And even for me, who is like fully on board rebuild, I still find myself saying, well, I'd rather have Taves and Kane stay here until their end of their career if it's possible. And I know that's that's sort of half-assing it on my part, but it's really hard for me to deal with those two not being part of things because if they go, it's going to be really bad. But like we discussed the other day, you don't want to be the Red Wings. You don't want to be that team that half-assed it and kept some veteran players around for a long time because you liked them and because they accomplished great things. It's hard for me to get my head around, and I'm sure it's going to be hard for Stan Bowman or whoever the GM is in April if they decide to make a change. I don't know, man. This is not an easy position for the Hawks brass to be in. And when last we spoke, that's sort of why I made the case for a GM who doesn't have the loyalty to these players, someone coming in from the outside if you just bring in Al McIsaac or whoever you like from the organization via promotion, they're still going to have those feelings for these core veteran players, and I don't know if they'll have the willingness to move them as much as someone from outside the organization would. I don't know, man. It's just uh, even with this, it still is going to take a major, major bullet biting to move on from Kane, Taves, and Keith. Yeah, but you can at least get started with some of the smaller scale moves now, like heading into the trade deadline, because I think that a, a contract like Oli Mata, for, inst- for instance, I think would be movable. I think you could move on from Eric Gustafson. I think that you could potentially find a taker for a guy like, say, a Dominique Kubelik or, some, or a Zach Smith or somebody like that. You don't necessarily have to instantly go to like the high ticket items right away. But I think True. this at least gives you the freedom to sell right now. And remember, there are a few things to keep in mind with that. And the first thing is, is that obviously with losing Seabrook and DeHaan, odds are you're going to get a lot more chances in the lottery of getting a high draft pick in the first round next year. But you also don't have a second round draft pick in the 2020 draft. So you can try to get that back with the trade. Yeah, you could. I mean, that's. I think you just you start to kind of stockpile some prospects and some uh, draft picks, and I think that that's where you at least start. I don't think you're going to see an in-season move where a Duncan Keith or a Jonathan Taves goes. Yeah, you're probably right. But but at least explore it. Like don't don't think you have to do it all at once. You can't you cannot do this all at once. As you've said, there are a, a lot of different challenges that are going to be present in doing this thing. And so I don't see them going into full sell mode, but I definitely think that at this point you have to listen to offers on basically anybody and probably shed some of those second tier guys to at least get prospects and picks coming back in. Well, this is probably a topic for another day, but you mentioned Olimata. He's 25 years old. He makes $4 million. Connor Murphy is 26 years old. Makes $3.8 million. Those guys could probably get you something back, but don't you need some sort of competence on your blue line going forward? Like, don't you need some NHL talent? I don't know. This is this is going to be, of course, this is a conversation for another Madhouse podcast, of course, but these are just sort of the things flying through my mind as we're having this discussion. The other thing that sort of warrants noting, Scott Powers wrote about it, there's no improvement from Andrew Shaw. There's no end in sight to this concussion thing. He talked about how in 2017 he suffered a concussion and he was depressed and he was suffering anxiety and it was a really hard thing for him to get through. 
We know he had a couple last season in Montreal. So Andrew Shaw is no sure thing either. And now you've traded for DeHaan. You traded for Shaw this offseason. Both of those guys with the sort of like looming threat of long-term injury, both of them are injured long-term. That's, you know, over $8 million of cap space and draft picks and players you used to acquire those two. And I liked both deals at the time, but I'm not a GM. <laughs> and I don't have to face the music of those moves when they don't work out, right? It's just... uh Man, th- this whole this thing has gone very poorly injury wise, and uh, I think you're right though. Like moving Smith, even like Ryan Carpenter at the deadline, David Camp, go ahead, right? All these sort of periphery bottom six types. That those two defensemen though that you mentioned, uh, you said you said Mata, I said Murphy. Those two, I'm still up in the air about moving. I'm not sure. Probably more Mata than Murphy. Going to take a quick time out more when we come back on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Excludes sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See MetroYTMobile.com. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> Bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. James, before the break, you were talking about moving on from some of the more middle roster pieces, the Matas, the uh, Zach Smiths. Why don't you follow up on that? You at least need to explore any of those types of moves that you can just going through the rest of this season. I know their prospect depth isn't great. It's a fenceman. I know that obviously they have plenty of forwards they can bring up if they trade a Kubelik or a Smith or a Carpenter. You don't really have that luxury on defense. Like, yeah, you have a few guys here and there in the system that you can probably end up bringing up and make a potential impact. You bring up maybe like a McCoshin or a Philip Holm or somebody like that. Like you could, theoretically do those things but obviously the current product would suffer badly and Corey Crawford and Robin Leonard would you know be subject to even more brutal 50 shot games if that's the case but you know what you're probably heading down that road anyway yes you are losing Seabrook and Dahan anyway now I did want to we can kind of come back to this long-term uh, prognosis for the rest of the team But I think there is kind of one elephant in the room that we do need to address and maybe we moved away from too quickly. And that's what the hell was the Blackhawks medical staff doing that Brent Seabrook not only has to have surgery on his shoulder, but both of his hips. What the hell happened to him? Like, why? Why did the Blackhawks allow it to get to this point? Was this something that they willfully ignored? Was this something that Seabrook kept from them? Like, what? The, the question does need to be asked, why did they let Brent Seabrook get to this point that he needs so many surgeries in such a short time frame? Yeah, I wonder if he was just willing to play through some things, if it meant 
getting getting into the playoffs and he would just deal with those consequences later. But now that he's finding himself a healthy scratch and not playing every night and, you know, that's not going to that's not going to be changing anytime soon it doesn't seem like. Maybe he just said like, "All right, well, you know what? If I'm not going to be playing anyway, I might as well stop suffering and get these surgeries done and then see where I can go from there." Maybe he sort of feels like once I get these things fixed, I can get back to my normal self, which is highly doubtful at 34 years old and two major hip surgeries. Um, I don't know. I I don't see him coming back. I don't see him playing anymore. I really don't. Uh, maybe he'll give it a shot. Maybe he'll come back next season at some point and, and try it. And maybe it works. And maybe, I, I don't know, best case scenario is Brent Seabrook comes back and he's as good as he was before he got hurt which is still your seventh or eighth best defenseman. So I, I don't know. It's it's very interesting. But I would think that it's hard for me to get myself to, oh, it was just an oversight. They didn't notice or he didn't say anything. I think it's probably something he was just willing to play through under the right circumstances, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's interesting to me that this is how it's all ending. It just, yeah. like I said, the fact that it's two hip surgeries, you – pointed out correctly just how difficult a hip surgery is to go through and he has to deal with it twice and he has to try to rehab one while dealing with the other like that is it's just bonkers to me that it's come down to this point and yeah I don't personally like if you're asking me today I don't think he laces up the skates in another NHL game and that that is really disappointing that it's going to ultimately come down to that that his career will come to an end because of all of these injuries. And yeah, he played, he's played a hard nose style his entire career. He's been very physical, been willing to take a lot of abuse to play. And he's made some big plays throughout his career. It just stinks that his career is going to go out with a whimper like this, potentially, instead of going out in a, you know, in a cooler way, in a Stanley cup winning way. It's just, it's a, it's a bummer and it wouldn't be the ending that he deserves if indeed it is the end. And we don't know that for sure. I, I'm pretty sure that he's going to at least give it a shot to try to come back. I mean, he has a lot of incentive to. He's due almost $27 million over the next four years. He has plenty of incentive to try it, but still just a huge bummer that this is potentially the end of Seabrook's story in Chicago is going to happen because of all of these injuries. It really stinks. Yeah, well, the real shame of it, too, is once Stan Bowman signed him to that deal, there was no good way for this to end. There just wasn't because you knew it was either going to have to be some trade where they had to swallow hard and give up a prospect they loved just to get rid of the deal, or it's going to be some sort of like weird injury thing. I'm not going to say this is weird. It's obviously legit, um, but it's just it's. I think I used the word icky the other day we talked, and I say I think that's a very accurate word for how I feel about this whole thing. And again, once that deal was signed, and I think if we went back and listened to the Madhouse podcast from that day. We would probably say like uh, the the end of this is going to be so ugly, you know. It's gonna it's gonna feel bad. It's gonna feel gross. It's not gonna end in a way anyone wants it to end. And you know, right now it looks like that prediction is is accurate because if this is the end of the Brent Seabrook story, it sucks. It sucks. But it really, again, what what could at what could it have been? Mm-hmm. Right, like maybe they rally, get in the playoffs, and they lose a tough game seven, and he calls it a career. Right, but I don't know. It's just. There's no, I don't know, it sucks. And and I've said it over and over again. He's one of my favorite guys of the Dynasty era. He'll go down as one of my favorite Blackhawks ever. 
and uh, it just it just sucks. Like it's been kind of hanging over my head since last week when this sort of vagueness started happening, and uh, and here it is. We're dealing with it today, the day after Christmas, and it's just it's just a shitty feeling. That's all. Yeah, and I and I think it ultimately was a a much crazier sequence of injuries than even I could have potentially anticipated. Like I, yeah. it, w- it wouldn't have shocked me if it was like, Oh, he's been having this hip issue. It's been bothering him for a really long time. We're going to try to get it taken care of. It could be a calendar year before he comes back kind of deal, but for it to be two hips and a shoulder, it's like the hell was holding this guy together. Like good grief, man. Like we all knew he slowed down a little bit on the ice, but he didn't realize it was that bad. Like, I don't know if I could skate with two good hips, much less the <laughs> hips that Brent Seabrook's been apparently uh, yeah. skating around on good grief. Like it, it's just, it's almost, it's almost like sadly funny that it's, that it's this bad because it's kind of on brand for the way Brent Seabrook is played. But I think ultimately, like you said, it's just, it is just a bummer, man. Like it, and it stinks that, He's going to have to go through all this rehab and stuff. But I think ultimately, after all this is over, even if he gives it another shot and he can't play, that dude's going to still be around the game. I could easily see him coaching in the future. Oh, yes. and yep. I, I think that things are going to turn out all right for Brent Seabrook, even if he's played his last NHL game. All right. Well, we've discussed this before, but today's a good day to discuss it. When it's all said and done, when Brent Seabrook's hockey career is over, does his number seven hang in the rafters at the United Center? Well, I mean, you're, if you put his number up there, don't you kind of have to put up Chelios's too? Yes, and I think that actually helps this case for Seabrook. Because you could say, like, we're retiring both, and you can't retire one without the other in either case. Right? They can't just right. go retire seven for Chris Chelios and be like, thanks, Brent. <laughs> thanks for the three cups and literally leaving your your nuts and bolts on the ice after every game. By the way... um. The fact that he was playing as well as he was, now that we know all the shit that was wrong with him, is pretty amazing. Yeah, like I mean, I mean, it's still he still wasn't playing great. But no, but he was a top mixed. seven NHL defenseman with two bum hips and a bum shoulder. Yeah, that's he, something. He did a lot of poke checking with that left arm. Now that I think back <laughs> on it, yeah. All right, well, let's wrap things up. I know James, you have to go to work. Our plan is still to do a podcast on Monday where James and I will reveal our all-decade Blackhawk team. Do we promote this on the podcast or talk about it after? I forget. I thought we promoted it. Yeah, so what we're going to do is, instead of just doing the top 12 forwards and a top 6 defenseman, we're going to have four lines and three pairs. So we want like the best fourth-line center of the generation, the best third-line winger of the generation. So it's not just going to be you know 1 through 12 and 1 through 6 on defense. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a little bit different. So we hope you will check us out on Monday. want to thank our sponsors, Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. Marishka's in Crest Hill. Go visit them in Crest Hill, 604 Theodore Street. Family-owned and operated since 1933. The Barrel Club in Oaklawn, 4910 West 111th Street. And, of course, Chuck Southern Coverage Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Thanks for listening to this emergency edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We will talk to you on Monday. What's it doing? Designing my new 2021 Nissan Kicks Online in the Kicks Color Studio. I give each a special name. This one's electric blue, orange, red, white. 
I call it the gumball machine. You think it's me? I feel like you're more of a red velvet guy. Limitless possibilities. With over 100 million available color combinations and Bose Personal Plus system. In the boldly new 2021 Nissan Kicks. Bose is the registered trademark of the Bose Corporation. Color combinations include interior and exterior colors. Customization is an available feature subject to availability at participating Nissan dealer. See dealer for details. What you doing? Designing my new 2021 Nissan Kicks online in the Kicks Color Studio. I give each a special name. This one's electric blue, orange, red, white. I call it the gumball machine. You think it's me? I feel like you're more of a red velvet guy. Limitless possibilities. With over 100 million available color combinations and Bose Personal Plus system. In the boldly new 2021 Nissan Kicks. Bose is the registered trademark of the Bose Corporation. Color combinations include interior and exterior colors. Customization is an available feature subject to availability at participating Nissan dealer. See dealer for details.